I'm Alex and this is the Geordie Guide to Happiness, a new podcast series exploring what makes us smile. We're back for a third episode talking to a special guest about what happiness means to them and what they do to maintain positive well-being. I'm here in our virtual studio with the rest of the podcast team. Hi everyone. Hi, I'm Kath. And I'm Chris. Hello, I'm Dominic. How's everyone doing? Smiling. Always a good start. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm really happy this week because I've booked two tables at two of my most favourite restaurants in Newcastle so to go for food and I cannot wait. So I've booked Panny's and I've booked Fat Hippo and I cannot wait. Oh, I love them both. They <laughs> are that, so nice. Was that before Rishi or after Rishi? <laughs> before, yeah. So we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll see if we get the discount. <laughs> but yeah, oh, they're, they're two top-notch local Newcastle small businesses, so I can't wait to uh, get back and eat their food. What about everyone else? Oh, just been getting some sunshine. It's been nice. The sun's been out again. You know, getting some vitamin D, trying to live my life without rickets and all of that. It's been Always good, a good yeah. start, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's just before we, uh, we started this, I was sitting in the garden trying not to get rickets. And... Um, <laughs> <laughs> there were there were two blackbirds hiding in the undergrowth, rummaging for worms, and it was amazing entertainment. So I had a little chuckle before I came in watching these two blackbirds. <laughs> <laughs> they must have thought we couldn't hear them. But... Oh, it's funny, we've, we've got billions of blackbirds in our garden. I've kind of noticed that we've got crows and we've got blackbirds, and that's kind of it. They all seem to be fighting. I always felt really kind of sorry for the blackbirds being picked on by the crows. And I realised today... It's the other way round. It's the blackbirds that are having a go at the crows. It's... Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There's a blackbird in the park where I walk my dog, and it's kind of like, it's kind of, we might end up cutting this out, but it's kind of murderous. Because <laughs> I, I saw it, there was a baby seagull, and it was picking up bits of food and dropping them in the road and running away to try and get the seagull to walk in front of the cars. <laughs> But they do call they do call a big group of crows a murder, don't they? Isn't that what it's mm-hmm. called? I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, that makes sense now. Living yeah. up to its name. Yeah. <laughs> Who knew? I, I must. Can I tell you the pigeon story? Um, <laughs> <laughs> there are quite a few pigeons in the garden as well, which aren't in my top ten particularly. But they, um, they. They wedge their feet on the side of my garden pond and then they lean in to the water to try and get to the water. And if if it's just gone down a little bit, it's a bit like um, a diver doing a <laughs> somersault in, into the pond. Or oh, a classic. And you just see them <laughs> splattering into the pond and get, getting all frustrated and <laughs> what, what, what happened there kind of. Slapstick pigeons, great. Slapstick pigeons, oh, fantastic. (laughs) So this week, um, I've been talking to someone called Mark, who has always had a love of nature in the outdoors, um, which he combines in his job as a forest school leader. And he's also got a huge love for VW campervans, which is how we first met. Um, And he's also partial to a good pint in a good pub. So here is me and Mark talking about happiness. Hi, Mark. Thanks so much for talking to me uh, today. It's much appreciated. No problem. Um, so our our project is all about um, 
happiness. And we've known each other for a little while, haven't we? Um, we have, yes. Um, must be about six or seven years now. Something like that, maybe even a little bit longer. I'm trying to think. Longer, we, yeah. we we got our camper van um, in uh, 2012, and and I blame you for, uh, <laughs> for, <laughs> for 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 us buying a camper van. Uh, yeah, so we we know each other through the VW scene, don't we? We do. Yes, uh, but you hired when I I used to have a camper van hire business, uh, which I started in 2011. So the timing's probably a bit right. And you hired Gracie, the T2, must have been 2011. If you bought Binky in 2012, so. Something hire, like that, yeah. The hire obviously went well then. <laughs> well, I think we wanted to, I think we'd always liked the idea of having a camper van. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we thought having a camper van would make us happy. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But I think before we took the plunge, we kind of wanted to make sure that it was it was something that we really wanted to do because it's not a cheap, cheap thing to own. So I thought, well, let's... Oh. Let's borrow one and yeah. and see see what it was, and we never looked back. That was it. It, it oh, kind of sealed sealed the deal. Yeah, but Gracie, yeah. she was great, wasn't she? Tell she, us about Gracie. She was um, for the VW nerds listening. She was a 1975 Westphalia um, Berlin conversion with a walkthrough um, uh, walkthrough setup um, uh, for both because the the pop top. Uh, could sleep two adults and that was one of the reasons when i looked i bought that particular um camper van because it was the only uh model that you could actually sleep two adults in the roof all the other ones um tended to have pull-out bunk beds which were only suitable for children uh and gracie that that westy conversion you could sleep four four people in it um easily and that's the one that you've got isn't it binky's uh uh is the same sort of same version yeah yeah, so we've we've got a we've got a three quarter rock and roll bed, and then yes. the pop top up top. Yeah, that's exactly what Gracie was. Yeah, um, speaking about happiness and uh, and camper vans, that's one of the reasons I, I set the business up was to let people experience the the the, the happiness of of having a camper van. Uh, we had one a, a more modern one for a few years before that, uh, and I wanted to get the the classic T two that split screen ones, which are just out of this out of my um financial bracket <laughs> nowadays uh so the next one i would get was the t2 uh, which was gracie uh, and it, the business was to let people as you say borrow it before you uh possibly look at buying it i think there was about four other people uh went and bought one after that hired gracie so you're not alone <laughs> i think a few other people oh, that, that makes me feel better <laughs> yes <laughs> it wasn't just you no <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, the camper vans, uh, as I say, I've always liked camping. It's, it's something that does make me happy. Wife isn't too keen on tents, so we compromised by getting a camper van, as I say, a more modern one. Uh, and when I set the, was setting the business up, I knew that the, the classic um, camper van would be something that people would really prefer to have because um, it buys into that whole VW scene. Um, the surfing vibe, uh, laid back, relaxed, cruising along, uh, uh, and I think that, that I mean it was it was uh, it was a success. The business and a lot. I don't know. Um, I'll have to look back and see how many people did hire it over the uh, four or five years I was running the business. So it was quite successful, um, and I think people could take that opportunity to, to hire them. As you say, they're not not they're not cheap to buy. Um, have it for a weekend or a week or something and just go off and do their own thing 
Um, and I think it's, uh, it, it proved popular. And it, it, well, it is a, a concept that is still popular now with the look at the, the whole VW scene. That's, that's massive, not just in this country, but abroad as well. I think um, I remember how excited I was when I'd booked her um, and it was a secret uh, from, was, yes. from, from my husband, Marty. He, he didn't uh-huh. know and I, I'd booked it for our anniversary. Uh-huh. And um, I think I'd got so wrapped up in the excitement of, of booking her and, mm-hmm. and going away. Mm-hmm. And it mm-hmm. wasn't until I turned up at your house to pick her up that I kind of suddenly thought, oh, my God, I've got to drive this <laughs> yeah. thing. and. I'd, I'd only ever driven a modern car because, uh-huh. you know, driving an old camper van is, is completely different to driving a modern car. And to, I was terrified, yeah. absolutely terrified. I won't, Again, I won't deny it. it no, was, no. Uh, yeah. Again, you weren't alone. <laughs> Everyone came up with that, that feeling. There was the occasional person who had one back in the day and we were hiring a, just to sort of go, have a trip down memory lane. But I would say the majority, 80 odd, 90% of people who hired it had never driven one before. And I always said, it's not, difficult it's just different um it's only yeah. four gears there's yeah. no power steering um it's not you have to think when you drive it you can't just put your brain mm-hmm. in neutral and just drive uh, you have yeah. to concentrate particularly in the gear change that was the thing that people always struggled with uh, and the fact that it hasn't power steering and it's a bit of an effort to turn it when it's at low speed and parking but you know now for me um Driving our camper van is mm-hmm. one of the things that makes me the happiest. So to go oh, from being yeah. initially terrified of, of driving <laughs> Gracie yeah, yeah. to actually it being one of my favourite things to do, oh, um, no, there's just definitely. something so pleasurable, isn't there, about driving an old an old camper van, an old there vehicle, is. as you say, no power steering, you feel like you're driving it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can feel every bump in the road, and uh, she's, they're not the fastest of vehicles, so everything's overtaking you. But in that respect, it's all right because the road's always clear ahead. <laughs> yeah. Maybe not behind. Yeah. Great view. Great, great view, view yeah. out the bay window. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it's the only vehicle I've ever owned that I've just taken for a drive, just for for the sake of uh, for the hell of it, because it makes makes me happy too. Um, they are. They're, they're, they're an enjoyable thing to drive. And what makes it even better is, is if you see another one on the road or a, a classic Beetle, the old people always wave. And it just. You have uh, to wave. You've got to. It's the law. It's it the is, law, definitely. It is the law. Uh, and it makes you feel part of this community, definitely. Yeah. And that makes, that makes me happy as well. I think it's the sound of the engine as well, isn't it? There's there's something about that that noise. Oh, um, yeah. it's, it's so satisfying. And, it is. Uh, you can recognise one um, of the like driving past you if you're out and about. You think, oh, there's a camper van or a beetle going past. It's no, it's lovely. You, you, you hear it before you see you it. Do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I'm the same. There's there's something great about just taking taking her for a cruise mm. down the coast. Yes. Um, you know, from from Tynemouth up to Whitley Bay or or, or back again. Um, oh, that was and just, that was that was one of the nice things about the Tynemouth. Uh, classic vw rally i used to help organize we used to do a cruise at the end of the it was just a one-day show but at the end everyone used to go in a convoy from Tynemouth along the seafront to saint mary's then disperse or come back and it was just great it being a, looking in the rearview mirror and seeing all you could see behind you were classic camper vans and classic oh, beetles yeah. and everything in front of you was beetles and camper vans and yeah. there's people standing on the streets filming you and waving your your window was down and you were elbow just cruising up the coast it was brilliant 
that's Brilliant. it. There was, and and that attracted so many people, didn't it? The Tynemouth Rally. Oh, it was yes. such a great great event every sort of July time, wasn't it? It was. I've even I've still got the posters on the wall as we speak, actually, because um, a friend of ours. Um, uh, Jill and Kev, they they organised it, and I helped them. And he's he's a very good sign writer, and came up with all the uh, the, the imagery for it. Um, and no, it was it was only four years, but I think it'll live long in people's memory because um, it was just one a one day event. Uh, and we estimate well, the council actually helped with some of the organisation uh, on the day, and they reckon there was about five six thousand members of the public came down, which wouldn't surprise me. Because we're always Easy. blessed with yeah. decent weather as yeah. well. <laughs> it was, and it was always, yeah, it was always so busy. I remember, I think mm. maybe the first or second year we kind of went down, and this was pre, pre Binky, pre our mm-hmm. camper van, and yeah. just thinking, oh, next year maybe we'll be here with one of our own, you know. And it was yeah, just, yeah. it was lovely to go and and yeah, look at people's vans again. It was just a bit of a. Um, a strange phenomenon, isn't it, that people it just is. like to go and look at vehicles, <laughs> old cars. Well, it gives you good ideas <laughs> of what, what you want to do with your van. If you see, oh, that they've got this or that, you think, oh, that's a good idea, I'll try that. And I'm just looking at the poster on my wall here, and the last one was 2014. Ah, yes, we were ago. definitely there for one of them. Definitely yeah. there for one of them. I've got pictures of of the girls out uh, posing uh-huh. out the front. Always have to get a pose out the front with the, with the badge, the front of the van. Well, we've got uh, <laughs> photos and videos of our, of our daughter dancing on the uh, on the little luggage rack at the front of the roof because uh, the music was always excellent. Um, it was all um, reggae and ska and um, uh, soul sort of music, and Jenny used to love dancing on the roof. That's a photo of an image that does make me happy of her in a summer dress, just dancing. She must have been about five or something at the time, just dancing on the roof. Lovely, lovely memories. Completely free and just enjoying herself. Absolutely. And being happy. So what is it then about camping that makes you happy, Mark? What what does it make you feel like? Uh, I think it's the opportunity to, to get out in the countryside, uh, to get away from the rat race and the cities. I mean, where I live, uh, North Shields, Tynemouth, it's a lovely area and very handy for the coast. But I like being out in the countryside, woodland, etc. Um, it's a simpler life. You don't have, well, I, I try not to take as much, much tech with us, um, but there's no televisions. There's uh, We have a radio. I know I've got an old battery radio. You can't even pick up digital broadcasts anymore. <laughs> uh, so that's very old school. It's just getting out in nature, uh, living a simpler life, even just for a weekend, um, mm. waking up with the sun, going to bed when it's dark, uh, going for walks in the woods. Um, oh, it's just lovely getting out and being in tune with nature. That it's really that smell in the, it's, it's the smell in the morning, I think, mm. when I when I open the sliding door of the van and you sort of, uh, yeah, stick your head out. And mm-hmm. it, there's, there is a, there's a distinctive smell, I think, when you go camping. A pleasant smell, just yeah, like, yeah, as yeah. you say, being being in nature. Yes. Um. <laughs> well, it is beautiful because if, if um, depends on the weather, obviously, but you can wake up and there's there's mist just burning off the off the fields and the bird song you can hear. Um, no, it is. It's it's lovely. It's, it's, it's yeah, it, being back in nature, it's uh, camping allows you to do that. Because rather than just taking a day trip and back, which is nice, you're um you you're staying there and sleeping, um. So I actually do a lot of wild camping as well, uh, which mm-hmm. gives me a lot of uh, pleasure. Um, just very simple, even more simple than going on a campsite, 
so just take myself off up into the the hills of the woods in Northumberland, um, and then just pitch me tent or a hammock and just sometimes with friends, sometimes by myself. And you're completely in nature because there's no facilities. You have to carry everything in and take everything out as well. Uh, and that being very close to nature is, uh, I find, very enjoyable too. So you've carried that love of being outdoors mm-hmm. into your kind of current work, haven't you, Mark? You, yeah. you, you yes, run a forest school. Um, you're involved yes. in the Rising Sun as well. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, um, after I closed the campervan hire business down, um, I retrained as a forest school leader. Um, so that's my business now is is going into schools and delivering forest school and outdoor learning sessions. That can be curriculum linked or can be just uh, a generic forest school activity session to get children out and about and active. And with the current situation, being outdoors is quite a healthy thing to do. Um, and I'm also a senior education warden at Rising Sun in North Tyneside, the, the, the country park, uh, where we offer um, similar sort of activities for schools to come into the, the park uh, and deliver activities for them yet there. So both of those jobs that I do currently um, allow me to sort of communicate my love of nature to the to kids uh, and hopefully get them to appreciate what we've got and look after it. So what is it then, do you think, about being outdoors that is so positive for our mental health and well-being? Mm-hmm. It's it's something that, you know, as you say, during during the lockdown period, the government were quite keen mm-hmm. for us to be able to continue our, our daily exercise because they, they understood the importance of being sort of outdoors and exercising for, for people's well-being and, and mental yeah. health. What What is it, do you think, about being outdoors that that does that i think it's connecting with nature um it's getting uh, children out of the classroom or away from their screens uh and 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 in some cases just messy play particularly with the young ones like nursery and early years kids uh just playing messy play in a wood is absolutely lovely um mm. some of them just haven't had the experience i always have asked uh, the groups that i take if we're in a mature woodland setting how many of you have been in a wood before and you get about two thirds of the people have, but you see there's still a significant percentage of the children who have never even been in a wood before, which I think mm. is really sad. But at least it gives me the opportunity to explain why I love being in woodland so much. Uh, and the fact that you are close to nature um, is such a, a lovely, lovely experience. Um, they might not get it on the first time, but if it's a repeat session, then they might start to pick up fe- the feeling that it is actually a nice thing um they might not even be able to put into words why um but hopefully with longer term exposure to nature in the children will uh, can only be beneficial there's innumerable studies on the benefit of uh, forest school and and being out in nature on your mental mental well-being uh, and if you start that at an early age it can only leave you in good stead for the rest of your life i feel so what is it then about being outdoors that or being in the woods that makes you happy um I've always liked woods. Um, I again linking back to uh, camping and that. My nana had a caravan in Hexham. Uh, from being born, we were taken up there pretty much every weekend, and that backed out onto woodland. So we were let out, uh, and we'll be in the woods all day. And it's just a, a chance to be a, to be free to uh, to play and explore um, safely um, and learn, um, taking risks. Um, which I think a lot of modern society is very risk averse. 
Uh, and when I do, I don't do risk assessments for work. I do risk benefit assessments because everything has a risk, but everything has a benefit. And playing yeah. in a wood is can be risky. You trip over, you climb a tree and fall out. But um, it's a benefit as well because you're you're pushing your abilities uh, and learning what you can and can't do or, or what you're happy to do. Uh, and woodlands in particular are just a beautiful environment with the trees um, uh, and all the associated wildlife. And they're just very peaceful places. Actually, one of the things that really, really makes me happy is, is just taking a couple of minutes out uh, and standing back from the group and listening to the children playing in the woods and hear them calling and laughing and singing. And it's just, it's absolutely gorgeous to hear that as well. Um, so that, that really makes me happy. I think there's definitely something to be said. As you, I love that sort of term, you know, rather than using the term risk assessment. Mm-hmm. Um Risk, risk benefits, benefit. did you say? Yeah, yeah risk benefits. Yeah. Everything's got a risk, but everything has yeah. a benefit as well. If you've got to yeah. strike a balance between that one, and there's too much emphasis on the risk side of it and not on the benefit side of it. Um, so that's why I do those risk-benefit assessments of any activity. I I was involved in a project a couple of years ago, a Heritage Fund project around mm-hmm adventure playgrounds Um, and we we did some it was a project run by Shiremore adventure playground and it's such a it's such a great place and Mm -hmm. it does exactly what you have said there just enables children and young people to explore and play Mm -hmm. in a way that does allow a little bit of risk yeah um but but done in the right way yeah Yeah, you've, you've got you've got to take some risks and I think um not being too risk averse or being too risk averse is a problem so can you sort of describe that feeling of happiness when you're in the woods um, and outdoors peace and calm it depends if i'm with a class of 30 kids running out around the forest you don't get much peace or calm um but if i'm for example if i'm wild camping by myself or just one or two other people uh you can take time out just to sit and be quiet uh, and just listen listen to nature and look at things and it's as it's it is something that i do do with children um, it's called a sound map where you give them a piece of paper and tell them to go off and sit by a tree not near the friends not an eye contact with the friends so they don't get like interrupted uh, and just write or draw on the piece of paper um, what they can hear around them uh, and it's it's a mindful thing which is a, another very uh, popular um phrase or term or um it's just the chance to to be quiet just for five minutes and just think about the here and now about what you can hear around you um and it's interesting to see sometimes it takes the children sometimes a little bit of time to get used to not making a noise and not moving not doing anything um but then you you can see them sort of getting the idea and being quiet and just listening out uh so those those times of just of um just being by yourself and listening to nature and seeing what's out there. And the quieter you are, the more nature you can see and hear. Have you noticed sounds have changed during lockdown? Um, I don't know if they've changed, just maybe that we're aware of them more now, um, with road traffic uh, being significantly less. Um, you can certainly hear there's a lot more bird songs uh, and birds around um mm. so that's definitely been a benefit um particularly at night if you go out because there's there's still most things are shut at night so there's very little car traffic so you can run taking the dog yeah. for a walk 
um, you can certainly notice that it feels a lot quieter. And as I say, I live by the coast, not far, about a mile, a 20 minute walk to uh, Timeout Long Sands. And there was one day I was out walking the dog quite late at night. And I think, what's that noise? And I realized it was the sea. It was the waves breaking on the beach, which I'd wow. never heard before. Um, <sighs> it must have been the atmospheric conditions were right in the wind in the right direction, being quite has uh, been quite large but it's the first time and i've lived down here for years i've ever actually heard the sea breaking on the beach from from where i live which was remarkable um so yeah there are benefits to this lockdown um in terms and as hopefully people will connect more with nature and want to keep that connection after this all blows through mm-hmm. fingers crossed and yeah. yes just yeah. be a bit more aware of of your surroundings i've i've definitely noticed mm-hmm. um birds more mm-hmm. um with the roads being quieter and yeah it's it's great i love i love bird watching and bird spotting it's yeah yes. that's something that makes me happy definitely oh, that's, that's good 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 <laughs> hmm. do you you know you've you've obviously been to quite a few places you know either in the van or, mm-hmm. or camping um do you have a favorite place do you have a happy place that you like to be um Oh, um, I think I'm quite lucky in the fact that um, I have travelled quite a lot um, all all around the world and Europe. Um, it's another thing that makes me happy is travelling and seeing different places. I don't know if there's a, a certain place that makes me happy. I think places have memories that make me feel happy and bring back happy memories. Um, so it doesn't matter whether it's on a hill in Northumberland or on a beach in New Zealand. Um, they all bring happy memories to me. So I think it's the, the the memories that you take from a place that's more important. You don't have to go to the other side of the world to have good memories. Uh, it's it's still nice to travel and see new cultures and experience new places. Um, but the memories that you bring back with from them are as important, I feel. That's really interesting. Yeah, it's that kind of sort of longer-term memory-making, mm. isn't it, rather than being you know it's it's great to be somewhere really mm-hmm. nice and exciting but actually it's you know later on down the years being able to recall and remember that happy time absolutely yes um it's something that lasts a bit longer i think there's a, there's a trite phrase when you have children about giving them memories rather than things and it's something that we have always mm. tried to do with uh, with jenny our daughter uh, and one of the reasons that we got the camper van is that we, we had it when she was um, six months old and it's much easier to, to have kids in a camper van than trying to put a tent up <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so we've always thought that these experiences and adventures that she can't probably won't remember the ones when she was very little but will all add to her her whole self as it were uh, and she will eventually have yeah. memories that she can take back with her and hopefully they will they will they will stand her in good stead. So that's yeah. I think what's I think what's the great thing about camping and and staying within the UK is that it doesn't have to cost the earth as well, no, doesn't it? You know, we sort all. of talk about you know do you do you need money to to be happy? Mm. And you know, I, I think I think it helps, but it's not the be all <laughs> and end all, is it? Absolutely. Um, uh, no, I, th- yeah. I think we would. Um, as you say, money can help. It can get you to those far off exotic places. Um, but you can have, you can make just as good happy memories from a very cheap secondhand tent and go to your, going just up the road to the local campsite. Um, it's what you make yeah. of those experiences that, that count rather than, uh, rather than the money you spent on it. 
Um, I mean, there's there's lots of um, precedents of people being very unhappy who have a lot of money. Um, people always seem to be surprised, but he's depressed or she's done this, but she's loaded. They're really rich, uh, but mm. that's that's irrelevant. Mm. It doesn't matter what material things you've got. Um, they won't make you happy at the end of the day. You can buy as many bits and things and clothes and gadgets, but that's still not going to make you happy at the end of the day. I feel yeah. personally, anyway. Do you think external factors can um, can things affect your sort of happiness levels, or you know, do you think it's you know, do you think happiness is is determined by yourself? I think it's a combination of two. I think again, with the lockdown, um, has impacted people's happiness. I mean, myself, I've had wobbly days, and I've just been really frustrated and angry that yeah. I can't do things that I want to do. Uh, I can't go and mm-hmm. see my parents. Uh, I can't meet my friends. So external factors like that certainly do have an impact on your, your mental health. Um, but hopefully um, you're resilient enough to be able to sort of t- put that in context and realise, well, with this situation, you're not alone. You're not the only one. Everyone's feeling as frustrated and angry um, as you are at that time. So that's one that's one way of coping with it by knowing that everyone else is suffering the same as you. Um, so that's yeah. how I've managed to rationalise times when I've been a bit down with this situation. Mm. Um, it's just mm. you're not the only one, Mark. Everyone else is having this similar situations. Um, so yeah, yeah. I think for me, certainly, you know, last year because I I run my own uh, business mm-hmm. as well, and I think. Um, Certainly for me, last year was a challenging year. Okay. You know, uh, there's a few a few things that didn't quite go quite go to plan, yeah. and yeah, it, it did it did affect my kind of happiness levels and anxiety levels. Of and I think, uh, yeah, external I think external things can affect your sort of happiness levels for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but you've just ho- hopefully you're resilient enough to be able to 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 bounce back from those or. Um, to, to take a lesson from them, whatever those external factors mm. are. If there's, if there's, I can't, I, I've read it somewhere or someone said there's, there's, if you can't affect it, don't let it bother you. I mean, it's easy and very trite to say that one, but there's some things that you can't yeah. affect. And I was made redundant um, years ago, which is why I set up the, um, the campervan business. There was nothing I could do about that. And yes, it was really upsetting, um, but you just had to, say right okay there's nothing i can do about that one so what what things can i impact or or do and one of the things was setting up up that business uh with my current business the forest school one uh, again that was something else um that I, i could make a positive choice to do so hopefully things like that you can do yourself to to make to counteract any negative external pressures it's a it's about um finding those opportunities or seeing those opportunities isn't it rather than focusing on yes as you say you know the 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 negative yeah. side of of it i think because because i took voluntary redundancy okay. um from from a local authority yeah. uh about eight eight years or so ago okay. and um yeah for me it was about looking looking at the opportunity well okay this is happening yeah. um what what can i do about what can I do to sort of take control of my own mm-hmm. destiny, yes. I suppose, without sounding, as you say, too cheesy. Uh-huh. Um, no, but it's true, yeah, it's, it, it was, It was incredibly 
terrifying yeah, absolutely. Um, but, but quite exciting quite exciting at the same time as well sort of trying something different mm-hmm. um yeah whether i would have yeah. done what i'm doing now um if i if i had to jump rather than be pushed i don't know i honestly don't know i think i'm quite a risk averse sort of person uh but on occasions mm-hmm. yeah, i have I've had no choice so i've got to do something and i decided right i'll do what makes me happy so it was camper vans and camping okay right i'll do something regarding that uh then when it was trying to move on from that what else makes you happy being out in woods right what's related to being in nature oh forest school okay i'll i'll retrain to do that so um i've whenever there's been a threat i've tried to take um an opportunity to do something that i i find interesting and that gives me happiness so mm. that's that's what i tried mm. to do and i think for me as well if i am feeling you know if, if external factors are causing a little bit of you know uh-huh. stress anxiety unhappiness yeah. um for me, it's finding, yeah, finding those things that make me happy and, and, and focusing on those. So whether it's, you know, going out on my roller skates or oh, going yes, out for yes. a run yeah. or, you know, spending time with the kids. It's about they're kind of my releases, mm-hmm. I suppose, mm-hmm. um, from the, the stuff that I cannot control. Yes. Um, that's, that's, or that are causing a little bit of uh, anxiety. That's a good thing yeah. to do. Absolutely. You can control those things. So if you do what you want to do, that makes you happy uh, to try and counteract mm. those external things. Yeah. That's a positive mm. thing to do, definitely. So we're we're asking people um, to kind of give us their happiness hacks. You know what what's <laughs> what do you what do you try and do on a sort of daily, weekly basis to help you maintain um, sort of positive mental well being, yeah. um, bring a little happiness into your life. What what do you do? You have any kind of tips? Oh. Um... Without knowing someone's individual circumstances, it's a bit difficult to, to say, but I, th- I think just um, find something that you can do, whether it's just one thing simple a day is like, oh, I don't know, putting something as simple as doing the dishes or you've got to do some exercise or get it done. And then you think, right, okay, I've achieved that. That's something positive. Or at the end of the week, you know, you've got a task to be done. Uh, try not to procrastinate because... <laughs> That's a big, that's a bit of a feeling of mine. <laughs> putting, I'll do it tomorrow, I'll do it tomorrow. Don't do that, do it today, and it's done. So yeah. find something yeah. that's that can be something as simple as uh, uh, as you like, uh, that's achievable, uh, and just build up a series of these. And so you think, okay, well, this week I've done X, Y, and Z, and that was positive, so they're ticked off a list. Uh, and then maybe you can feel that you uh, can move up to something a bit more um challenging that you you want to try um yeah just keep it simple and that's achievable and the more of those you do then you can that can only make you feel better uh but yeah get get out (laughs) in nature go for a walk um go for a walk in your local Mm -hmm. park in in north tyneside where i am and in newcastle there's some beautiful park local parks spend some time in nature that can can only be a benefit It, it yeah as i said before it kind of feels like being outdoors um is, is something that is really kind of key for you, mm-hmm. crucial for you in terms of your happiness. Yeah. So if somebody's um, listened to this podcast and, you know, has been inspired by what you've said today, wants to get into, uh-huh. wants to get into camping, uh-huh. wants to get into forest schooling, right. you know, what's, what would you recommend to people who want to maybe give 
okay. with being outdoors a go. Yeah, um, Where should they start? Oh, right. Uh, with forest school, um, there are qualifications you can do, uh, different levels. Uh, it's like forest school assistant, I think it's level one. Um, so you'd need to get in touch with a, like a youth group or a school that could possibly, because you have to do practical activities with, with young people. So you'd have to, if you can find a youth group or a school uh, that can help you with that one, then do the course and do that. And then you can work your way up through the, the different levels. Uh, there is a level level three, which is forest school leader, which is the one I, I have. Uh, that means you can run a session by yourself and make fire by yourself and all that sort of things. Um, so, yeah, you can do those qualifications. If you want to do camping, um, there's never been a better time now for the amount of places that offer camping equipment. Um, so there's yeah. loads of big shops. But I would I, one thing from this this uh, lockdown is try and support your local business. So try and find a smaller local camp shop and support them rather than the big international multinational ones. Um, yeah. But there's loads of there's loads of tips on YouTube as well. Uh, there's Facebook groups you can join. Um, so have a look if you there's always just type into YouTube. How do I start camping or Google it? And you'll come up with lots of video tips. And it's amazing what you can learn from uh, from YouTube. Is it's phenomenal. <laughs> what what would we do without YouTube God, I and don't Google? Know. <laughs> I, literally yesterday, I, I fixed my espresso machine by following a YouTube video. So I'm very happy. <laughs> For goodness' sake! I know. I know. I like me espresso in the that an espresso in the morning makes me happy. Definitely, and my machine just wasn't working. A good coffee. Definitely. Definitely a good coffee is something that really, really <laughs> makes me happy. Well, thank you so much for talking to me today, Mark. You're it's welcome, been uh, no problem. It's always it's always good fun talking about camper vans. Absolutely. I love talking about our yeah. our vans and, and camping and things. Yes, I could waffle for England good. about them. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much, You're Mark. You're very welcome. Take care. That was me and Mark talking about VW camper vans and all things outdoors. Um, what did people think about that conversation? I, I thought it was an amazing conversation. And one of, one of the things that came out for me was the fact that he'd gone into business in, with, a, with camper vans and that he, he loans, the fact that he loans you a camper van to make you realize whether it's the right thing for you and to mm. extend that um that love of his his love of camper vans and he's sharing it with with people and i just thought that was wonderful absolutely wonderful yeah i think he's the perfect example of of doing something that he loves for his work um for sure whether it was through the vw hire business or the the forest school stuff yeah just being able to combine his passions with with business and work is yeah the best thing really yeah. isn't it yeah i absolutely loved what he was saying about uh not risk man management but risk benefit yeah I, I, yeah that was great yeah that was a really, that good, myself, really yeah. good term yeah i really like that I, as well i could have listened to his voice forever <laughs> he just had a lovely lovely voice and I, you know i just that kind of proper jody twang um <laughs> yeah for me, that that thing about uh his career was interesting for me because that point where he was talking about um, you know what are the, you know when he's making choices about what he wants to do next actively thinking what gives me joy and basing mm. his choices 
choices on that and you know it's he's he's really lucky to be in a position where he can make that choice but i think that's 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 a good lesson for for all of us but kind of you know really thinking about what what does give us joy and and heading towards that and then he went he went right back to the the micro level towards the end with uh, with his comments about the little things and I just loved that mm. as well. I thought that's mm. so nice. And, yeah. the, and the cont- I think he mentioned contentment specifically as well. Mm. And I thought, mm. yeah, yeah, I think. Yeah. Just sitting in the woods when it's nice and quiet before the school groups arrived, having a nice <laughs> cup of coffee, peace and quiet. Yeah, as you say, it's just those little things. Yeah, yeah, it's a Who really great want interview. To do that? that'd, be, that'd be smashing. <laughs> So if you've been inspired by this podcast episode, then we are looking for people to get involved in the Geordie Guide to Happiness. Uh, We are looking for people to interview to tell us what happiness means to them. We're also running happiness workshops online with community groups and members of the public. So if you're interested in taking part in a workshop, then let us know. You can get in touch via email, hello at thegeordieguidetohappiness.co.uk or you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Geordie Guide or Facebook, The Geordie Guide to Happiness. And I should also mention our funders. Uh, This project wouldn't be possible without support from the Newcastle Cultural Investment Fund at the Community Foundation. So thank you very much. Yay! Yay! (laughs) We have a real treat for you for our next episode. We'll be talking to Kelvis. No way! Not Elvis, but Paul Kell, who is the lead singer and Elvis impersonator frontman of Elvana, the Elvis-fronted Nirvana tribute. (laughs) Get in. This is a really (laughs) rare opportunity to hear from Paul himself, as Kelvis has unmasked himself and gives us an exclusive interview to tell us what makes him happy and how it feels to bring happiness to others. So I can assure you this is not one to miss. This is going to be a really good interview. So you'll hear me asking questions like this. So what is it about performing then that makes you so happy? And hear him give answers like this. Well, you know, I I think there is obviously an element of um, the feeling you get when you walk on stage and you have 100,000 people cheering for you, uh, which is an incredible feeling, you know, to make people feel that way, feel really happy about themselves. And uh, people always buy into the whole Elvis Nirvana thing as well. So people do the -the over-the-top screaming for Elvis and, you know, grabbing for Elvis. And Elvis sometimes chucks flowers out into the adoring crowd. So we've reached the end of another episode. We hope you've enjoyed listening to the Geordie Guide to Happiness so far. Thanks for joining us and we hope you join us again for our next episode. (laughs) 